1931, Universal Studios released Dracula, followed by Frankenstein just a few months later. After that came several more monster movies, and while not originally conceived as a franchise, the popularity of these films forced the studios to market them under the collective brand name of Universal Studios Monsters. In 1943, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman was released, and while it was received lukewarm reception, Universal started to get an idea. They began to connect more and more of their monster movies together, creating what they called monster rallies and what most people would consider the first shared cinematic universe. In 2008, Iron Man released in theaters and the MCU was born. It became the most successful universe, cinematic universe to date with several studios attempting to follow in their steps. Universal, the OG of the shared universe movies, decided they were going to be the next big thing. After all, they've done it before, how hard can it be? And so Universal's universe began in 2014 with Dracula Untold, starring Luke Evans. With a big star and a story about Dracula's rise to power, this was going to be a great start. The movie flopped, and so the decision was made that Dracula Untold was going to be a solo movie. And maybe they'll acknowledge it in their shared universe, but for right now, it was just its own movie. A few years later, Universal announced the Dark Universe, their own cinematic universe featuring their classic monsters with some big name actors such as Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, Angelina, Angelina Jolie as the Bride of Frankenstein, and rumors of Dwayne Johnson as the Wolfman. But first, their big movie came out, The Mummy, in 2017, starring Tom Cruise. This movie featured cameos from future monsters, mainly Russell Crowe as Jekyll and Hyde, and began to set up what would be a long-running... Ah, yeah, The Mummy was the only Dark Universe movie. After it flopped, Universal decided to go back to standalone movies, and thus we now have Blumhouse's, or Bloomhouse's, The Invisible Man, which was well received, and Renfield, which I have not seen yet, but I'm excited for. So today on Cryptozoomology, the three of us have decided we're going to pitch our own little standalone monster movies featuring some of the classic monsters of Universal. Hi everyone, it is Kyle, and I am joined as always by... Hey guys, it's Lorna. Hey, it's Drew, and I'm still not playing Batman. 
Craig's here too. Hi, Craig. Bitch. I can't wait to hear what his movie is. Craig worked really hard on his movie, but sadly all the notes were lost, so. Damn. He tried. Sounds like he needs to do pencil and paper. (laughs) But yes, listeners, um, the three of us each have taken our own uh, universal monster, or for a better idea, monsters that appeared in uh, Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman, or were going to appear in the Dark Universe. Just the more classic monsters you think of, such as Frankenstein, Wolfman. We have each picked one, and we have wrote so many notes about our own take of a movie for that monster. Uh, The rules we had were simple. We didn't have rules. I was about to say, I don't remember any rules. (laughs) (laughs) The rules were, there are no rules. We don't talk about we could set our movie in whatever time we wanted. We could we could cast whoever we wanted in whatever role. And we could stick to the original source material. We could have twists and turns. We could just take the character and build a completely different movie based around it. It's whatever we... If we went to Universal and said, hey... Here is our idea for a movie with this character. And as I said, oh my god, we have all worked really hard on this, and I'm excited. So, that's why uh, last week we decided to push this episode back, uh, because we wanted to wait for a day I was off, and we didn't have to rush for time. And today's that day. I'm off. Lorna and Drew are off. We can wow. take as much time as we want. Shut up, Drew. We can take as much time as we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all I did have to work today, so. Oh, well. Get Shut up. Closing. So did Craig. Thank God. I don't ever want to close again. That was... Mm-hmm. But yes, listeners, uh, we do hope you... And I'm honestly really excited to see the different pitch styles and stories we each come with because listeners we have not discussed anything about the only thing we have discussed with each other about our movies is what movie we're going to cover and we've talked about it on other episodes of crypto but we haven't told each other any of the casting the story nothing like we have kept each other in the dark just as much as we have y'all in our dark universe. I'm going to get a cease and desist from Universal. Probably. (laughs) All right. No, Universal is actually pretty cool about shit. They're a much cooler uh, company than Disney is. That is true. Yeah. I did look up a lot of laws and like copyright copyright laws for this episode. (laughs) Sorry. I have a part of that. For this episode, um, 99% of the Universal Monsters are public domain. The only one I think Universal has a copyright hold on is the creature from the Black Lagoon. And they're not super angry about people making monsters based off of that. So, Well, in all of our stuff that's hypothetical as it is, 
is, and it's not like we're saying we are claiming this monster. We can just go ahead and say none of these monsters te- belong to us. We are just yes. making stories. We are just coming up with ideas for stories. We don't own any rights to these monsters. They're just cool. They've been influential monsters slash, you know, characters in our life. So have fun with that. Also, uh, a law I learned that I found interesting was the Frankenstein law. Uh, are y- either one of you aware of this? Not Please at all. Was... Elaborate. So Universal has a copyright hold on Frankenstein that has green skin and uh, bolts in his neck. No other studio can make a Frankenstein that has green skin with bolts in his neck. They can have one or the other, but Universal is the only one that can have a green skin, uh, neck bolted Frankenstein. So that's why movies like uh, Hotel Transylvania have Frankenstein with no- bolts in his neck, but he's blue skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Young Frankenstein, I think, was black and white, if I remember yeah. right. Um, so they could get away with it. As long as you're Frankenstein, and if you're making a movie for Universal, you could do this. But as long as your Frankenstein doesn't have green skin and a neck bolt, you can do pretty much whatever you want with him. Didn't the Van Helsing one have... Oh, no, he had green and gray. No, yeah, he had the, white skin. No, he was white. white. He like, was like... He was like person. Okay. No, he was like <laughs> ivory colored. I, I don't remember. Didn't uh, Van Helsing hit him? And like his face opened up, or was it his chest that opened up? His, his head chest. opened up. Okay, it's been a minute since I've seen Van Helsing. I might watch that tonight when we're done recording because I have it on my Prime. Oh, so is it free on Prime? No, I I pay for it. Of course. But I think it's like only twenty bucks or something like that. It was a few paydays ago. I was like, I got an extra twenty bucks, and I like this movie. I Look, have uh, it on. Good. I'm just saying I had it on TV. Yeah, Hugh Jackman was the choice for uh, Van. He was. I think. I think. Also had it since it came out on DVD. So. My favorite thing about that movie is the bloopers. He kept breaking props. Yep. My favorite thing about that movie is all the things that awakened in me while watching. I wanted to be the redheaded bride so much, and Kate Beckinsale was so fucking hot in that movie. Oh my god, you would rock that, though. Ah, <laughs> thanks. Kate Beckinsale, why do I know that name? Because she's an actress she... that played the redheaded vampire bride in Red No, Helsing. no, no. No, she was the sister, the one that fell in love with Van Helsing. She was also yeah, Celine in the Underworld movies. That's it. That's how I know that name. Yeah. I know Hugh Jackman because he was in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. No, that was the good one. The Wolverine was bad. Look, all the Wolverine movies spinoffs were bad. Oh, no. Origins was good, but... (laughs) You You know what I mean by good. Okay, well, well, 
we've bullshitted for a while. Oh, uh, one last little bit before we get into our movies. Uh, I'm just going to say it now. Viewer discretion is advised because I don't know what our movies do. I know my movie has some dark moments, so we're just going to say viewer discretion is advised. This episode is not suitable for all audiences. Uh, Suck yeah. it up, Buttercup. Be ready for things and stuff. Dun, dun, dun. Who wants to go first? Because I've I'll talked a lot. I don't want to go first. You always talk. That's the thing. Okay. I'm going to mute, and then Lorna, you do your thing. All right. Same. So, as Kyle stated before, the, the uh, Universal Monsters were, of course, started by the great, the one, the only Dracula, played by a fantastic man the name of Bella Lugosi. Well, if you haven't realized with the series that I've been working on and with any other commentary that you've ever heard in this uh, in this show is I love vampires. So therefore, I am going to be pitching Dracula. Now, I don't have a huge, 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 huge amount of notes. I literally have my cast, my tagline. And some points that I would like to go over. And commentary is more than welcome from you guys. Excuse me. <laughs> I just hiccup a burp. Uh, but let's get started. So we are going to set this version of Dracula in about mid, early to mid-1990s London. Because... You can't have Dracula without London. I'm sorry. I don't care if you start it there. I don't care if you end it there. Dracula has to have London. And Carfax Abbey. Because if I see a Dracula movie without Carfax Abbey, other than Dracula Untold, because I actually kind of like that movie. I don't care what other people say. I own it. There's a reason. It was. I thought it was fantastic. And I love the references to, you know, um, you know, like actual, like, Vlad Chepish and everything. All right. And... And his his uh his uh, struggles with the Ottoman Empire, and uh, uh and my my child, everybody. All right, but as I was saying, we are going to set this in you know early to mid nineties London, like very very good era for your nineties goth, which haha goth, uh grunge what have you, and uh. We'll, we'll go into the tagline, which is, Love never dies, revenge lasts forever. The cast going... Was, what? That was hot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, uh, you can't really have Dracula without London, so that makes complete sense. Yeah. And then love. The whole, one of the whole huge themes of Dracula is love. Oh, yeah. Lost love, found love, new love, searching for love, what have you. But, uh, the, the cast is going to go from our minor characters to our number one character. First, I will be going into the brides. Bride number one will be played by Celeste Desjardins, 
She's a very, very small, very, very small actress. Not a lot of people have seen her. You're more than welcome to look her up, but she's absolutely gorgeous and she fits the part. Uh, Bride number two will be played by Zoe Kravitz because, oh. And Bride number three will be played by Journey Smollett. Who, if you don't recognize that name, she played Black Canary in the Birds of Prey movie with uh, Margot Robbie. All right. I like her. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Lucy Westerna, the the wonderful, beautiful, tragic victim that we know from both the 1990 movie and the book, of course, will be played by Deborah Ann Wool. This would not be her first time in a vampire uh, movie she was, or TV show. She was in True Blood. Absolutely beautiful redhead. Uh, Van Helsing will be played by Natalie Dormer, and she would be known as Adrian Van Helsing. Jonathan Harker will be played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, because British and beautiful. I love him so much. Same. Oh my uh, god, he's so pretty. He was good in the right? I need I still need to see that. That's another one I need that. to see. And everyone everyone says that everyone says that his Craven the Hunter movie, uh, they did a trailer at some past Comic-Con not too long ago. And everyone is excited about it. And I'm like, well, I want to see the trailer. I, I, give it to me. Give us the trailer. Like, that's that's the trailer. And All they right. said it's going to be like rated R. So Ooh. Ooh, I'm intrigued. All right. Yeah. Our ingenue, our beautiful, beautiful Mina Murray in eventually Mina Harker will be played by the stunning, the amazing, the absolutely wonderful, gorgeous, beautiful Florence Pugh. Ah, uh, damn, not who I thought. Who do you think I was going to say? Selma Hayek. No, she doesn't fit the, 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 the descriptions and the story. Well, I, wanted to, I, I wanted to say good choice, but my mouth was full of food, so good oh, choice. For, for Flo? Oh, no, still. All right. Yeah, no, still excellent choice. I was like, hmm. Kind of caught you off guard. No, I absolutely adore Flo. I think she's amazing. She's a wonderful actress. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's funny. She's, I love to watch her cook. Like, she has little cooking shows or, like, cooking spots. It's so great. But, uh, and then the pivotal character, the man who inspired the story. The one, the only, Dracula, will be played by the fantastic, seductive, alluring, gorgeous Tom Ellis. Oh, that is not who I was expecting, but I love it. You thought I was going to say Sebastian Stan, huh? Yeah, damn right I did. Yep, so prize. 1990 um, Dracula was played by a British man, so why not? Oh, no, yeah. And I love Thomas. That is another very pretty man. Oh, if he asked me what I desired, I'd be like, you. That's what I desired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he made Lucifer look like fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's all you had to say. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, so think about that. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, oh, yes. Please, Daddy. Right. Right. <laughs> Daddy. Oh, All right. Tom, if you're Tom right. Ellis, if you're listening to this, you come on anytime, please. Oh my gosh, please tell us about just all the good stuff, please. We would enjoy your company. Please. Yeah, I really watched. I need to finish Lucifer. I fucking love him. So good. Okay, remuting. Okay, well, like I said, it's not a huge like. I didn't write a script or anything. I didn't write a mini novel, but uh, it we're it's gonna follow the the usual the basic story you know jonathan goes to transylvania to work on some details for like um real like real estate holdings that dracula has uh the brides seduce him so he so dracula therefore goes to find well dracula sees a portrait of mina which now would probably be a polaroid or something since we are in the 90s it wouldn't have to be like a paint a painting, um, but just like a fun Polaroid at, um, at you know at Covent Garden in in London. Now, I really like the idea that once Dracula gets there, there is a woman that shows up to kind of you know investigate things, deal with things, and uh, keep Mina safe, and that would be Adrian Van Helsing. Well, we we do learn that Adrian Van Helsing is a strange, peculiar woman. And during the movie, you start to see things and notice things that, you know, Aren't aren't quite a hundred percent. She uh, never joins them for dinner. She is is seen in day during the day, but it's always when it's cloudy outside. And there is one moment where we watch as a young man who uh, tried to harm Mina in a in a. In one of the clubs, or like one of the pubs, he is taken around a corner, and a beautiful blonde woman, where we don't we don't see who it is because it's from behind, but a beautiful blonde woman, you know, proceeds to bite and drink him. We learn later that Adrian Van Helsing was actually the daughter of Abraham Van Helsing. Adrian Van Helsing was born in the late 1800s, or in the mid-1800s. She's a vampire, turned by Dracula, who, who had killed her father. I, I don't know if that picked up on the mic. I was doing the little vampire hiss sound. <laughs> it just sounded like you blew into the mic. <laughs> it, it sounded like you were breathing in. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs> all right i'm digging with it i'm vibing hey, hey. but i'm liking this huh i'm liking the idea of this yeah. hey but you know the whole story plays out we have that twist and in the end um adrian is 
on a path of revenge, but there's also a legend. It's I think it's an Eastern European, like kind of like a Serbian legend, that if you kill the vampire that made you, you become human again. So her whole her whole uh, reason for her her quest basically is she's seeking revenge, saving Mina, and she wants to be human again. So in the end, rainbows and sunshines. But um, Adrian becomes becomes human again, and she doesn't age to like however like one hundred and ten year old, one hundred and like thirty years old as she should be. She, right. she becomes human, and you know at the age when she was turned, so like twenty seven, twenty to twenty seven to thirty, and we see that she had stabbed Dracula and beheaded him. Because that's the best way to, you know, take care of an Eastern European vampire. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His head is thrown into the River Thames. But what we don't see is whereas in the original book and the movie from 1992, Lucy was staked and beheaded. Well, they made a boo-boo. They only staked her, and they missed. So what we see, because because at this time Adrian was not part of the thing, it was some goofy dude. But we see Lucy awaken in Carfax Abbey, and that's when the credits roll. Ooh. So that's kind of my idea. Like I said, not a whole script, not a whole novel, but just like powerpoints. I, I after hearing yours, I have realized I wrote too much. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We, Drew, we we might need to do yours next because I I have a good chunk of mine. Mine might take a while. But uh, I'm like really it. excited about my cast. I'm vibe. I anything with with Tommy in it. Yes, I will, <laughs> I will watch. <laughs> I, I like that man. That is a pretty, pretty man. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's oddly, I, I don't, it's weird because I never pictured him as Dracula, but when you said it, I realized how badly I want that. <laughs> I mean, he plays for really well, so why couldn't he do that? I mean, not yeah. to it. It's one of those castings that if uh, if you had asked me who I would want to play Dracula, my answer would have been Mad Mickelson. And it's weird that he's never played a vampire, that I'm pretty sure he is a vampire, because I haven't seen that man age at all. That was Jared Leto. Yeah, but I I don't... Jared Leto's a whole other thing. Jared Leto is a trip. Look, Mad Mickelson is a, like, head vampire... And Jared Leto is a trickster god bound to Earth. Yep. I, I can't get over his Met Gala outfit. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the commercial of him in that outfit? No, I haven't. Yes. yes. Oh, my. It's, some, it's this cute couple on the couch, and they're like, hey, the guy's like, how old's your cat? And she's like, 
oh, I've had him forever. He's like 30-something. And it looks, and it's Jared Leto's cat outfit. Oh, God. I need to it's, it's all about the guy trying to prove that Jared Leto is, like, not a real cat. And at the end, he takes the mask off. And the guy's like, oh, my God, you're Jared Leto. Why are you doing this? And Jared goes, free rent, free health coverage, free food. I've got it made. And the guy's like, but aren't you like super rich? And Jared Leto was like, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> I need to find this now. Oh, it abuses me so. If I find it again, I'll send it to you. It was so good. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, I'm really, I, I really like my cast. That's my favorite part of this. I do too. I like your cast. It's, I would want, I would watch this. Cool. 10 out of 10 would watch. Cool. Okay. Who's next? Drew. Me, Drew. unfortunately. I'll say unfortunately. Because I didn't do as well as you. But she's our official note taker. No one does as good as her on it. <laughs> and, 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 and to be fair, it's vampires. So. Yeah, that's my love. So. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my my creature, but I haven't. I've never seen this movie. I've only seen stuff about it. So. But that's oh, okay. You You're to, making it your you own. You need thing. to find the original black and white and watch it if you can. It's, it's so good. Have to pay for it. Oh wait, I do have a question for Lorna. If she had, if she decided on this, uh, who would you want to direct your movie? Uh, that's a good question. If you don't have anyone, that's fine. Uh, I, I have someone in mind for mine. Um, but James Cameron. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Michael Bay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Let's get James Gunn. Let's get James Gunn to direct your Dracula movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. No. You know who I'd want to do it? Who? Rob Zombie. Yes. Yes. Just to say that Rob Zombie directed one of the movies that I developed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would I would just be, I would just, I would have my scripts, and I'd be sitting there, like, holding it, like, you know, like, holding it like you do a book, like, close to you, like, hugging it to you, and I would just be like, huh? Okay. Would you, would you sign this? Well, I, no, I like, if to... he was directing it, I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> I could just picture Lorna holding it, like, can you sign this? And he goes, yeah, I, I have to sign. That's a contract, sweetie. I have to sign it for it to legally take effect. She's like, please, I just want your autograph. Sign the contract <laughs> and then sign the actual thing. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. No, so there's, there's just something magical about, magical about picturing Rob Zombie going, no, sweetie, look, I have to sign it. I would be like, okay. Just be, like, he would have to, like, like, probably, like, slowly just take it from my arms because I would be frozen and just be like, ha now, mind you, mind you, okay, I've done really good with meeting a lot of different uh, musicians. I've done good with meeting actors and actresses and things like that. I cried when I met James Zobar, and I would 
probably cry if I ever met Rob Zombie. That's fair. Mm, yeah, fair. All completely fair. I would just pass the fuck out if I met Sebastian Sam. Yes. It's like, you ever meet Sebastian Sam? Is, <laughs> is, is she okay? Yeah, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Just this, is what, this is what she wanted. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, uh, I, another question, because I, I thought about this one. If you could put yourself as a cameo in your movie, where would you put yourself? A Renfield. All right, fair enough. I'd eat the bugs. I'd act fucking nuts. I would absolutely love it. <laughs> Tom Ellis could kill me. I wouldn't even care. Like, I would love to play an unhinged character like that. No, no, oh my god, we can't let Lorna do that, because if, then she's going to change the script to where Tom Ellis can only kill Renfield by biting his neck, and every time he gets close, she's going to be like, yes, yes, bite me. Well, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd be a pro- I would be a professional, but that's the thing, is like, that's how he does than it. me, then, because I'd be sitting there going, yes, bite me, fatty. Oh, weird. That's just weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, like, I would love to play an unhinged character like that. That would be so much fucking fun. Hell yeah. I'm all about, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? What is it? I love physical comedy. I love, love, love physical comedy. And, like, facial expressions and things like that. And just being absolutely, like, fucked. So, that would be so much fun. All right, Drew. Do you have any questions for the writer, or is it white? Or is it writtress for, or is it just straight writer? It's just straight writer. Stop confusing yourself. Writer slash author. See, I'm trying to be progressive. I'm learning. Creative director. How about that? I like that one. Yeah, I'm still called a store manager. It's not like I'm called a store manageress or something. That'd be so weird. Yeah, but if we all play Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, we'd be calling you Dungeon Mistress. Ma- mostly because it'd be out of fun. I mean, I, I love that, so. <laughs> but yes, Drew, any questions? Concerns? No. I have no question, no concerns. It sounds fucking amazing. Cool. Anything that, like, really piqued your interest? <laughs> Daddy. Uh, yeah, I was about to say Tom as Dracula, but it piqued something other than my interest. Well, oh, why? That, that and it being set in the '90s—that's that's a good touch. That's not something you've normally seen for a vampire movie. Most of them are set like back in like Renaissance era. No, gothic. Gothic, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. Not not gothic. No, 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 not gothic. It's Victorian, late, late Victorian, and I have Either to call you on that. Because because the Lost Boys was set in the eighties. Near Dark was set in the eighties. From Dusk Till Dawn was set in the nineties. Dracula two thousand was set in two thousand. So I have to call you out on that one. Yeah, okay. Okay. call me out. Sorry, nerd. <laughs> me? Know your place. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just uh, taking know. this with you. I know. Okay. All right, Drew. Now, your turn. Your turn. 
Oh, yay. <laughs> okay. So, my movie is something that I've been interested in ever since I was a kid, because anything in being, being an Aquarius, you know, we love water. We love being in water or around it. So, for the longest time as a kid, my favorite movie, and I don't don't understand why, was Creature from the Black Lagoon, even though I've never seen it. I've just always been interested in the idea behind it. This is so, got a cool monster design. It does, so that's why I chose it for my movie. So, my tagline is literally just bullshitted. Something lurks in the Amazon, but it, what it is will terrify you and chill you to the bone. I like that. I do yeah. too, because I got super worried that for a moment your tagline was literally bullshit. I was like, oh, that's, that, is, that would catch my attention if I walked by it on a poster. I also like how you got it set in the Amazon. You've already peaked my Amazon. Well, I'm, I'm sticking to what the original was, because it was set in the Amazon. So I'm like, hey, why not? That'd be kind of fun. You have you've piqued my interest. I try my best. Now the original, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the director for last because you're gonna love who I picked. Okay, you've seen, you've seen one of his movies. Um, uh, probably seen most of his movies, but I only know of one that comes to mind. So the original, I believe, was made in 1954, which I believe that's when it takes place because it's black and white. So mine is set in the Amazon jungle. Circa 1975, just like Kong Skull Island. Mm, monkey. Oh, uh, good yeah. fashion. That's Sorry. what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it would fit. It would fit. So it would fit the 50s, and then fit still being the same kind of seal for like uh, jungle exploring. Yes. Kind of like how the mummy, how they had, how Rick had that outfit. Yeah, so also Kyle, you're you're right in your uh, opening. The mummy did flop and I hated it so much. I have refused uh, to I, see it. I, I did have something I wanted to say about the mummy. I, I forgot about it until uh Drew mentioned it. Um, I wanted to say something earlier, but I forgot. The 2017 mummy. Um there was it. one really good scene in that movie that I will watch on YouTube every now and then. For our listeners who don't know because I haven't talked about it in a while. I have a deep love for Jason Momoa. And oh, on the you. on the opposite end of that spectrum, I have a deep hatred for Tom Cruise. I don't like Tom Cruise at all. So I will willingly go on YouTube and watch Russell Crowe beat the shit out of Tom Cruise when I'm feeling down because it makes me happy. <laughs> that being said, yeah. I really do enjoy the scene uh, while Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise are fighting um, when the girl is trying to break in the glass and she uses the book from the Brendan Fraser mummy movies to beat the wall and beat the guy that's trying to stop her. That is a nice little touch. I like those Easter eggs. Yes. But Russell Crowe beating the shit out of Tom Cruise. Like, ah. The, the only Tom Cruise movie I have seen in theaters was that Live, Die, Repeat movie just because oh, I wanted oh, to watch oh, him oh, die over and over. 
I don't like Tom Cruise. There are only two movies that I enjoy that have Tom Cruise in it. Which two? The Outsiders, which he oh, has a very small part. One. Yeah, he has a very small part. It, part. And it's when his teeth are still fucked to hell. <laughs> like, if you look, if you look, and then interview the vampire just because, I mean, come on. Yeah. Interview with the vampire I liked. Um, I really liked the Navy movie where you can't handle the truth. I watched that one with my dad. Yeah. I watched that one with my dad. But mainly because my dad was a hard hat diver in the Navy. And so anytime he wants to watch a Navy movie, it's like I'm sitting there watching it with him and he's telling me stories about when he was in the Navy. And that's nice. Okay, I had a question about the Frankenstein role. Yes. How did Rob Zombie get away with it? Ooh. How do you what? You cut out. How did he get away with it? Herman Munster has green skin and bolts in his neck. Oh. Maybe because it wasn't in the Universal movie? I'm looking at, I'm trying to find it, and I don't think it is. I'll look. I'll actually like ask, ask. But I'll have to check because I thought Herman had the bolts in the top of his head. He's got like the the the, the heavy uh, the heavy duty staples, but no, he's got bolts in his neck. Oh wait, okay. Question: The original monsters was that uh, black and white? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then the 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 Rob Zombie one, uh, maybe the copyright has been lifted or something like that within that time. It's I'd a co-production of Universal. That's that probably might why. also be the reason. Yeah, it's a co-production of Universal, fourteen forty Entertainment. I, that that answers your question. Let's go back to yep. the Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've been no, thinking about that. I was just like, uh. Oh, no worries. I don't mind. Okay. All right. So we go to Amazon Jungle circa 1975 because, you know, fashion. So here are my characters and actors. I'm going to save the Gilman for last. Yes, that's what he's called. He's not the creature. I know, from Black I, I've looked that up too. And I was like, really? That's the name they picked for him. You yep. know what's funny? You want to hear? You want to hear a fun fact about that? Yeah, of course. He was the inspiration for Ape Sapien and the uh, creature from Shape of Water. Yep. That doesn't surprise me because he Ape Sapien um, looks a lot like him, and of course, the creature from The Sound of Water is probably the same species as Abe because they're yeah. both Yeah, Del Toro. Sounds in- it sounded interesting. I've just never seen it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally vote for saving the main character for the very last of your cast. Oh, yeah. Well, the eh. main ish character. The monster. Continue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> say, always say the monster for the last. So, Dr. David Reed will be played by J.K. Simmons. Yes. Ooh. Love him. Hey, Lawrence. Would be played by Jennifer Lawrence. 
Nice. Did you do that just because of the last names? Pretty much, and I, and I do love her as an actress. No, yeah. she's funny. She's got a new movie out that coming out. This looks hilarious. Oh, before <laughs> I forget to mention, this is going to be like a horror comedy, if you will. Not overly scary, but just the right amount of scary. I love Fair. it. Uh, Dr. Mark Williams would be played by Giovanni Ribisi. If, oh, if you remember Ab- if you remember Avatar, that's the guy in the corporation. That's that's the sh- movie I remember him from. I don't remember anything else. Bear with me. Hey, Kyle. I was a bear. This one was done just for you. Dr. Carl Maya, played by Mads Mikkelsen. Nice. Aww. I don't know most of these characters, so I'm just picking out. I'm just going off actors that I thought would fit this movie. Hey. I, I'm willing to bet a lot if this movie came out uh, like tomorrow, most people wouldn't recognize the original. So you're all good. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, like, th- thinking about these actors, like I like it took me so long, like because I know we had longer than like you gave extensions possible. Like I kept trying to think of actors the whole time. Like who would be perfect for this? I didn't get them to like later earlier today. I was like, shit. Hey, dude. I, I've been working on this like since we announced it five episodes ago, something like that. Yeah, it's and just I've constantly recast it. I mean, even before we recorded, I told Drew, I was like, hang on, before we start, I got to finish. I have last little bit of notes to write down. We, we've all been hard at work on this. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, now, this one was also for Lorna and just and me as well. Captain Lucas will be played by Sam Witwer. Hey, we love him. Doctor, wants to come on the show. He's welcome. God, I yes. would scream. I would... Oh my god, dude! If I go to a convention and he's announced, I'm I'm crying right in front of him because he was the perfect choice for Darth Maul. He was perfect to Star Killer. He's great as he Toad. Great. Toad? No. That's Ray Park. Well, he's... Okay, okay, no, 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 I can, I can, I can clear this up. Okay. Ray Park played him in uh, Phantom Menace, but everything yeah. else, it has been Sam Whitmer. No, yes, no. Sam was. And Truett okay. just said. He played Go ahead, Jacqueline Hyde on Once Upon a Time. In Once Upon a Time, he played a fantastic Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah, I saw that, but no, I asked if he was Toad from the no, first no. X Men movie. No, 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 that's Ray no, Park. No, 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 that's Ray Park. That's Ray Park. Okay. But there is that connection, so you're you're in the right mindset there. Yeah, no, no, okay. Ray, Ray, Ray has been Toad, Snake Eyes. Sam is just the voice from all. Right. And, and then uh, he took over, like how uh, Doug Jones was the body for Abe in the first movie, and then everything afterwards, he was the body and voice. Yes. Yeah. Wait, who's 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 the voice for Abe in the first movie? Uh, um, uh, the guy um, from David, Frasier, the brother. David Hyde oh, Pierce. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, Something like that. Okay. But yeah, I and then, and then after that, uh, he had schedule conflicts, 
and they Doug Jones took over, and they never changed afterwards. And I'm okay with that because everyone loves Doug Jones. Oh yeah. Okay, so he was gonna be my choice for Guildman just because he's used to that stuff. But then I thought of someone from one of my favorite horror films that would fit just beautifully with this. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. No. Bruce Campbell. No. No. There's a lot of what I tell you. Oh, Bruce well, hey, 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 it cut out. What's going on? Uh, okay, Drew's okay. about to announce Gil, man. Okay, no, 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 no. Go. I've got, I got, I got three more before I get to him. But no, I was like, I had to oh. pick someone from one of my favorite horror films because I think he would fit this role just beautifully with the right amount of scary. Okay. So, Doctor Edwin Thompson will be paid by, played by Pedro Pascal because I have to have. Sorry, love I have to. I love him so much, and I think he'd have too much fun in this movie. He would. Z will be played by Colin Farrell. Okay. Just because I want to see him get killed. <laughs> Eyebrows. Sorry. Yeah. That, no, I just. Look. Nathan hates his eyebrows, so. That's fair. Colin, if you ever hear this, it's just, no, I love you. You're a great actor, but I want to see you get killed so badly. Our friend is terrified of your night, of your eyebrows. It's hilarious. Now, the narrator, I'm sure you'll all agree on this actor, because his voice is beautiful. Gary Oldman. <gasps> Please! Okay. Yeah, I think he'd make a, make a great narrator, because he's He's such a good actor, and his voice is magic. I mean, Don't we all me know me. why I love him. Yes. But don't get me wrong, I love Gary Oldman. I think he has a fantastic voice. There's just one other voice actor that I completely love more than all others. Morgan Freeman? Keith David. <laughs> yeah! Okay, <laughs> Keith would have been a good choice. But he's too gruff for it. L Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson could have, ooh, that could have been another one. That that been good, yeah. But Gary Oldman's a good choice. I I don't think anyone's gonna be upset by Gary Oldman. No, no, That's at all. a good choice. <laughs> okay. Now we get to the main dish of this movie. Gilbert. Uh, it, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the Gilman will be played by Joseph Bashara. Who is also known as Lipstick Face Demon from Insidious. Okay. I was trying to think of actors that have been creature suit actors who would have some kind of fun. Like Doug Jones, he's done this so much, so like it'd be too it'd be too obvious of a choice. I fucking love him in Insidious. He does such the right amount of creepy that he would fit the Gilman beautifully. Uh, I can accept gonna, that. I'm only going to say meh about it for one reason. Um, I didn't get into the Insidious movie, so I That's don't know who we're talking about. Um, it's, wait, on, is I, it the Darth Maul-looking guy who appears yes. over the shoulder in all the memes? Yes. yes. Okay. I have an idea now. Yeah, okay, I, I haven't really seen the movies, but I will give any creature actor a whole bunch of credit because of all the stuff oh, God, I have yeah. to go through. <laughs> oh, 100%. As someone who has had to paint their entire face in jest for cosplays, I get it. Oh, my. Harley. 
No, oh, not yeah, Harley. Fair. Well, face is Harley, but face and chest was my uh, Joquette. I remember your Joquette. Yeah. She was fun. <laughs> okay, continue, Drew. I'm so sorry. Uh, you're fine. I I'm was not. just doing <laughs> something. I'm going to send y'all the picture. No, don't send the picture of the creepy dude. Oh, no, it's it's with the with the director. Oh, oh, you're sending the picture of the director? Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I haven't gotten to him yet. No, no, no. No, this oh. is the director of Insidious. I would have done him, but it would have been too obvious for me. Okay, I have a question. Go is Ethan Hawke in, excuse me, uh, Insidious? I think so. I can Because Ethan Hawke is an amazing... Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, Ethan Hawke is... <laughs> that, that, that's who would be... That's the act, the guy who would be playing uh, Gilman. Gotcha. Wait, that's the director? Uh, the guy with his uh, face? That's the director of Insidious, yes. I didn't picture someone so young. Right? I figured it'd be like an older... An older... Yeah. Okay. Eli well, Roth you know was pretty young when he did Hostel. No, you're thinking uh, Sinister. True. But uh, to the director of Insidious, I haven't watched your movies, but like I think Devin became obsessed with them and for making a huge franchise and being so young. Congrats, my dude. Also, Lorna, it's Sinister that he was in. Okay, I couldn't remember. But I will one. say... Ethan Hawke, great, 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 great actor. We just watched, we watched Black Phone a little bit ago. I need to watch that. That's what oh I need my to god, watch. it's so good. Y'all want to watch a movie that's like super depressing horror movie? It'll be hard to find out. It's called uh, Speak No Evil. And that I movie... That. Um, I think there's like a... a remake an American version coming out next year with uh, James McElroy, I think. But that movie legit has one of the most depressing endings I've ever seen in a horror movie. And it made me upset for days. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I got distracted. Ashley. Ash is napping on the bed, and she's like curled up. It's adorable. All right. Now. Um. Um. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go, go. No, I was just gonna say a really good horror movie that like has stuck with me, and it's not because it was like super scary. It's because it was just like the best kind of twist was the others. Oh, wait, yes, that's, that's a good one. one. It's got Nicole Kidman in it. It's about these ass people. Huh? No, that's, that's the strangers. Never mind. Ignore me. Yeah, the strangers no, no. is a good one too. I like movies that can actually happen. Yeah. Then you would probably like Speak No Evil, but the ending is super depressing. Okay, and I'll have to check it out great. when I'm in a better mindset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, you especially. That's all I will say on that. Okay. Yeah, there. Now, we get to the meat. We get to the director of my movie. No, no, no. The one who makes it good. 
Do y'all remember the movie Krampus? Yes. Yes. The same person who directed that movie would be directing mine, Michael Doherty. Oh my gosh, yes! I can so, see that. I wanted to make this movie much like Krampus, where it's scary where it needs to be, but still goofy. Because I, I love it. I can't take the creature from Black Lagoon seriously because I'm just like <laughs> fishman. You can't take someone seriously when your name is Gilman. Yeah, and I'm just like It's mm. like, oh, what were you killed by? Jason Voorhees. What about you? Freddy Krueger. What about you? Gilman. 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 <laughs> See, Gilman. and that's that's why I chose Rob Zombie, because I think he would do like 90s London, especially soundtrack and like feel of it really, really well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, to the plot of the movie that I totally just copied because you know it's a remake. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Carl Maya, on an expedition in the upper Amazon basin, discovers a fossil embedded in some rock, it being the claw of an unknown creature which demonstrates that whatever it was was powerful. With characteristics of the creature being amphibious, he consults with among he consults with others. A former student, ichthyologist Dr. David Reed, currently working for a marine biology institute in Brazil. Dr. Maya is able to convince not only David but others from the institute to join the expedition to unearth the remain the remainder of the fossil. The team, which includes David's boss, Dr. Mark Williams, and Mark's research assistant, Kay Lawrence, who also happens to be David's girlfriend. That's weird. Okay, I gotta change the actors on that one. But basically, you're just following the plot from the original. Yeah, I just gotta change actors, because that's a little weird for David to be dating Jennifer Lawrence. You could just, you could just say they aren't girlfriend, boyfriend. Oh, no, no, I, I, I'm gonna easily, ch I can easily change them, because I feel like this would be a better fit. I, f I feel like being a captain would be more fun for JK. Okay. Because, you know, he'd be that, he'd be like straight up uh, J. Jonah with all this. Yeah. So, changing yeah. around the characters, Sam Witwer is now Dr. David Reed, and JK is Captain Lucas. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, I, again, I've never seen this movie, so I didn't know anything. I'm wondering if they're streaming anywhere. It is on it. I'm just gonna rent it. Yeah. Okay. I, I would love to sit down and watch some of the old black and white ones. I would too. And you know, looking looking at these, it is, this makes sense for these. Now that I'm reading this, Matt's fits perfectly for Carl, and Mark would fit, and uh, Giovanni would fit perfectly for Mark from what I'm reading. Okay. Why are cats changing? But hey, it happens when you don't know the movie. Uh, where was I? David's girlfriend. Mark agreeing to fund the expedition is on his ambition. He often taking the credit for any research of significance at the Institute. That ambition which often places him at odds with David. Oh, that would fit perfectly, yes. Ignore me. When they work at the site of the initial find to try and find the remainder of the fossil without success, David begins to believe from the geological evidence that maybe further upstream... Uh, the tributary at what is known as the Black Lagoon. What they eventually discover is that such creatures still exist in the lagoon. 
The animosity that exists between David and Mark, which continues on this expedition, may prove to be a lethal combination for some or all of the team as they decide what to do about the potentially deadly creature. You have my attention. I'm out there for. And that is my movie. <laughs> <I'm changing. laughs> Sorry, I was talking to a child. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, uh, you're fine. I am a mother. Yeah, yeah, but now that looking at that, I I just had to change Sam around, so it makes more sense now. Plus, I feel like it'd be a much more fun role for him to be a doctor. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh no! I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Um, would it would it be black and white? Would it be color? Uh, I hadn't thought about that, but I think black and white would fit, and like somehow it changes to color. Oh, I love that! Like, uh, like oh shit! What's the movie? It's a really, really amazing, famous movie, uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Fantastic. I like that idea a lot. Like starting off in like bland old, you know. Do they start off in the Amazon or do no, they? No, they start, they start in the lab. Okay. So in the lab, all bland and black and white. When they get to the Amazon, you just see this wash of gorgeous color. I love that. Yeah, that, that ex- yeah that's kind of what I was thinking. God, that's why I love being a podcast with you too. You help me with this stuff. I love brainstorming, and I love being creative, so. I'm all here I for like it. I like a botch. Same! <laughs> I, I have... I would watch a movie, Drew. I would. I, Especially with the tagline, literally bullshit. You're right. When you, say, when you said most movies have a tagline, it's like, eh, we're just gonna do what sounds good. <laughs> hey, yes, hey, I- don't feel bad. My tagline is not creative at all. Alright, any questions? Can, any co- questions, comments, concerns? Uh, well, since he was black and white, I don't know if he's, they've done colored redemptions, but like, what kind of design would you want to go for for the creature? He's green. Just keep it as classical as you can, or give it like the Finn Mohawk and such. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to keep it as close to the creature. He's green on the poster. We're being told poster. The yeah, he's green on the poster. He is? Yep. Yeah. The movie is in black and white, but the suit is green. Yeah. I haven't looked at the poster. Does he have a Finn Mohawk? No, he doesn't. He's uh, bald. Yeah, he's bald, uh, but he's got these really awesome, like, uh, uh, like super frilled pills. Yeah, yeah. See, I can picture the monster in my mind mainly because all creatures from like all humanoid fish creatures have kind of been based off of him now. So you can kind of get an idea of him just by watching any kind of like humanoid fish monster movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll find a I'll find a picture of him. Okay. 
But yeah, um, I think I'd keep it close to the classic, but also give it the feel of like Ape Sapien. Like Ooh, the market. Yeah. Like the keep the same market. Yeah. yeah. Like he when he's like he wa- he walks like he wouldn't water outside of it. Cause he's not used to being on land as much. So it'd be like that slow that slow steady. I'm going to kill you, but you'll never realize it until I need to. Bet. Okay, so this is a hyper set this is a saturated uh picture from the set, but that's that's the set. But that's like the color scheme. Yeah, I fucking love that super so much. I respect the man in the back only based off his mustache. <laughs> yeah, it would be something like that, but change the markings a little bit. So it's not it's not exactly a remake, but it has that nice touch of. So you don't want like a. Oh, what was the Psycho movie that was pretty much a shot for shot, script for script remake? Had, uh, Psycho. Psycho. It was what with what? Vince Vaughn. Yes, Vince Vaughn. So that's all I was trying to think of. Like his movie was pretty much just Psycho. Like they didn't change anything, if I remember right. Yeah, something like that. I, just, I want. I want it to be recognizable as a stand, like its own movie, but also a a technical a reboot, if you will, but not. You don't realize it's a reboot of the movie. Like paying homage, paying homage to the original. Homage. Yes, that's the wording. Thank you. I got you. I got you. Roger, Roger. I dig it. All right. All right. <laughs> what? I said I can somewhat do stuff. You did a great job, Drew. I try, especially if it's something I really care about, so I'm going to do my damnedest. I guess that means it's my turn. Yep. Yes. Give us, give us your uh, full presentation. Look, I'm honestly excited for this. Me too. <laughs> you say full presentation, but dear God, get comfortable. This might take a minute. Okay, I'm in. I'm I'm comfortable in my bed. I've got my uh. My uh, back pain meds on. We're good. We're good. All right. So, first, listeners, picture it. January 13th, 2022. You turn on your an episode of your favorite crypto podcast, Cryptozoomology, and you see the title, Episode 5, The Mad Scientist. You then are forced to sit through an hour and a half rant on why I hate Frankenstein and think Jekyll and Hyde are a better character. I will not apologize. Go listen to that episode if you haven't. It is fantastic. They wasn't the only one doing anything. I literally called Willy Wonka a mad scientist. That's true. Which will always (laughs) be one of my favorite claims in this entire world. <laughs> that Wonka just tried to give up the factory before OSHA hit. Yeah. Oh no, no, that he was a <laughs> mad scientist. Oh god, yeah. But yes, for our listeners, 
Um, I have a small obsession with the story of Jekyll and Hyde. So it should be no surprise to anyone that I chose. Small, he says. What? Small, he says. Small. Should be no surprise to anyone that I have chosen to do Jekyll and Hyde for my story. Um, unlike my two fantastic co-hosts, I will not go through my cast list. I will go because my cast list is smaller. Mm. Um, this story is the story. I had to combine elements of the story and the Jekyll and Hyde musical, which if you haven't listened to the musical, go listen to it. There's a musical? Yes, it is fantastic. There's there's one certain one you need to listen to that's on Spotify. I'll send you a link to it later. Because the guy who sings for Jekyll and Hyde, oh my god, you would have sworn it was two different people singing on it. But, um... This, this musical, uh, I loved it so much, it replaced uh, Sweeney Todd as my favorite musical. And I just sat down and listened to it. It's so good. But, I was um, saying, Sweeney Todd's an amazing musical, so... Sweeney Todd is so good. Like, it's not my favorite. It's Jeremy's favorite. But, um, it is Jeremy's. Mine is but, yeah. fantastic, followed very closely by Kinky Boots. <laughs> but uh yes i had to go through and uh take characters that were in the musical for this story so that we could have uh an actual cast because the book listeners the book of jekyll and hyde is very short it is only a uh lauren are you could have said that in the chat in the Recording. I didn't want to interrupt you anymore. No, I was interrupting you. You go ahead. I did okay. not know that, but that's an- yeah. Kinky Boots is a great. Uh, like I first saw it, as, uh, I was like, I saw it as a movie, and then I watched parts of the uh, 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 the musical, and I'm just like, this is fantastic. P- Kinky Boots is about make is about a factory that makes shoes for drag queens, and you've got all this great representation and like just amazingness in it. it, it, it I don't pairs, think I've heard of that one. Oh, it's so good. It pairs so well with, like, the birdcage and two food. Like, if you want to make a really good movie. Oh, and then, uh, uh shoot. First Lake Queen of the Desert. Uh, just a really, really good like, line and, like, movie marathon of, of drag queens and, and the, the our, our whole rainbow community. Nice. Hey, Ashley. Okay. So, as I was saying, um, I will introduce my cast for characters when I introduce the characters. Um, and then we will have, I will reveal the director here in a minute. Um, and yes, as I've said many times, this, no, no, ma'am, you're not 21. You can't have that. This is going to be a little bit longer because I I wrote a lot. I <laughs> I had so much fun writing this. Go I mean, for that's it. Fair. <laughs> I had a lot of fun picking my cast, so. Same. But, but listeners, let me make this very clear. 
I'm about to describe the full movie for you, pretty much. You're gonna okay. you're gonna get a lot on this one. So <laughs> please do. I love Jacqueline Hyde. Uh also, um, I'm not doing a remake of the story. I'm doing kind of my own thing for it. And I I want y'all to stay on mute because I want commentary through this. And I feel like at the beginning, like as soon as I finish with the opener for the movie, y'all are gonna know exactly what kind of movie I'm going for. I don't know. So okay. well and 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 uh, the only reason I'm muting is because children. That's fair. And possible cause. Right. Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing's nothing's bad. Just wanna make sure that I'm available for that. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, Lauren, the sword's burning down. We don't know what we did. What the fuck? Don't, <laughs> don't put that in the universe. That's happened before. It has? Yeah, I, okay, so the Rue 21 and Bryant that caught on fire next to the uh, shoe carnival where the register exploded? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was working for the company at the time. Oh, shit. Yeah, my, the store manager there? Uh, yeah, no, he was inside the store. Huh. Yeah. Okay, continue. Okay. Uh, for my director, I know a lot of people were expecting me to pick Sam Raimi because love Sam Raimi, but I didn't. I chose to go with, and I'm, I'm probably butchering this last name. I'm sorry. That's going to happen a few times in my story. But for my director, I chose Michael... Gacino, which is probably best known for directing the Disney Plus Werewolf by Night. Um, uh, I'm hoping you were going to pick that. Yeah. For those that have listened to Tangents, I loved Werewolf by Night. It has been uh, one of my yes. favorite projects. And I think the guy did fantastic on it. And I want him, because looking at his report, it looks like he does a lot of collaborations but he doesn't get to solo direct often. So I want I wanted him to do that for this. And plus, I want my movie to be black and white. I, I just love the black and white aesthetic for these old horror movies. I fully vote yes on that, because Werewolf by Night is fucking yeah. amazing. Yes. Yeah. It, it has a nice sense of it, and you wouldn't expect it to be... Uh, in black and white at first, because when you like, <laughs> when I first saw it on Disney Plus, like, okay, I'm intrigued. I don't know much about the character, but bring it. And I saw it's black and white, like, and you have my attention. Yeah, uh, I would well, be it, okay with it having a little bit of color, like Werewolf by Night, where it had a little bit of red. I'd be okay with that for certain parts of the movie, but 99% of it, I want it black and white. Yeah. Well, I really liked the creature design for both Ted and uh, uh, Ted. and Werewolf. <laughs> and werewolf. Um, because it it gave great great tribute to like the original Wolfman. Yeah. To Lon Chaney's Wolfman. So props. Props. 
Okay, continue. All right. The opener for my movie, because I have it separated in different acts. Um, so, opener. Our movie begins with a young girl playing on a sidewalk. She is in her own little world, humming a song as she moves her doll around. She and the audience do not see the man approaching until it's too late. Without breaking his stride, the man tramples the girl and continues walking as people rush to check on the injured child. One man uh, runs up to the walking man, grabbing him by the shoulder. As he begins to yell, the walking man grabs his arm and twists it, breaking his arm. Ow. People now come rushing to help the injured man as the walking man opens the door of a house and slams it shut. On a nearby sign, we see the names Dr. Henry, Henry Jekyll and Edward Hyde. This name looks newly written. We see the crowd continue to gather outside the house, banging on the door as the camera starts pulling back, retracing the man's step until we get to an alleyway, where we see the body of a woman torn apart. Down in little letters, we see the words, Whitechapel, 1888. We then get the opening credits and title card for the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Tagline, the band from hell. Oh, I love it. That <laughs> is fucking amazing. Yes. So Sorry. for our listeners, as we mentioned earlier, we all love the movie Van Helsing. And if you remember in that movie, uh, Mr. Hyde was in the beginning of the movie and they alluded to him being Jack the Ripper. Yee-hee. And then there was a an there was an animated movie that was all about uh, Van Helsing chasing after uh, Mr. Hyde, but I haven't watched that one, so I can't really say if it's any good or not. But um, yeah, I just, I've always loved the idea of Mr. Hyde as Jack the Ripper. And I was like, I'm doing this. This is happening. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So, Act One. Let me get it scrolled down. We now meet the protagonist of our story. Well, one of them at least. As we are introduced to lawyer Gabriel Utterson, who is played by one of my favorite actors, Andy Serkis. Who most people will know as the um, um, Golem from Lord of the Rings. He was... uh, Claw from Black Panther. He's yeah. Oh, I love him. He's Alfred Didn't he in the play Kong? He was Caesar. He was Caesar in uh the Planet of the Apes. I couldn't remember what Planet of the Apes. I okay. don't think he was Kong. Okay, it might have been Caesar. I couldn't remember. I could not remember which character in Planet of the Apes he was. I knew he was a monkey, but I didn't want to be like he was a monkey in Planet of the Apes. But that they're not monkeys. Not they're chimps. Not they're all of them. Apes. Some of them are orangutans. Those are apes. Yes. Gorillas. Yes. Sorry. Gorillas. I love gorillas. But uh, we meet 
the we meet uh, Utterson as he prepares to have a meeting with his newest client, Dr. Henry Jekyll, who is played by the best character in Supernatural, Mark Shepard, a.k.a. Crowley. <laughs> I love it. I love Crowley. I wanted someone who could do a nice simple little voice for Jackal and then a scary voice for Hyde. And he immediately came to mind. And I was like, you know, perfect. You know what's funny about that, Kyle? You that. What's that? That would, that would complete his nerd card. His dark card? He's, he's, he's been in Supernatural, yeah. Firefly, and all yeah. these other nerd shows. That would, that would finish the horror nerd side. <laughs> he's he's collecting the infinity stones of cinema. <laughs> but <laughs> the two discuss a case involving a man living in Jekyll's in Jekyll's house, aka Edward Hyde. Utterson finds it odd that Hyde is not in the meeting, but Jekyll says it's for his safety after the other night's incident. I'm sorry, something just knocked on my door. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, it was a bug. A bug flew into my window. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That was that was terrifying. Um, where was I? Oh yes. Uh yeah, Jackal says Hyde wouldn't be at the meeting because he wants to stay safe after last night's incident. AKA traveling the little girl. Which, for all of our literature nerds out there, that is pretty much the opening of the Jekyll and Hyde book. I, I took it straight from the book for the movie, and I was like, yes, it's perfect. I don't think I've ever read the book. Uh, I have it if you want to borrow it. It will literally only take you maybe an hour or two to read. It's like 130 pages. It is a Yeah, it's uh, super short. Uh, yeah. I think you can also find it online. I probably won't be able to. I have too many books to read right now. Ah, I know that. Uh, I do know that some people have turned the book into an audio podcast, and you can just download and read it that way on Spotify when you're driving to work or something. Uh, there are options. So, yeah, if you find the book, give it a chance. It's fun. Thank you. Um, as the meeting wraps up, Utterson invites Jackal to come have drinks with himself and his cousin Richard, but Jackal declines as he doesn't drink. The two shortly part ways after the meeting. Once home, we get a fun little scene of Jackal and Hyde arguing back and forth in the mirror. Oh, I love um, that kind of shit. So, a little background for that. In the book... Uh, and this is a spoiler for the book, but the book is a thousand years old, so... Oh, damn. Not really. <laughs> it's not That's it. <laughs> In the uh. book, the, <laughs> the, big, the big plot twist is that Jekyll and Hyde are the same person. I think everyone already knows that. Yeah. So I... Yeah. I <laughs> Jekyll and Wait, Hyde has pretty much become a saying for a two-faced person these days. Yes, I no, I, I, I was, I was laughing because uh, I like how you said it was a thousand years old, and I'm like, Drew, it, it gave Drew pause. I'm like, Shakespeare is not a thousand years old. 
Shakespeare was a big fan of Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we do have Hamlet, who is you know, losing his mind. That is true. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, so yeah, I decided I don't want to just do that build up to Jekyll and Hyde being the same person because everyone knows. So instead, um, I'm going to do a slight spoilers for a show, but the show has been out for a little bit. That being said, if you have not watched Invincible, uh, here is a small spoiler for episode one. This is the first episode spoiler. Still need to see that, but go ahead. Um, in episode one, it reveals who the big bad of the show is. And then the rest of the season is all about you watching these people interacting with the big bad, you knowing they're the big bad, but the people in the show don't. So you're sitting there on the edge of your seat like, oh, crap, this guy could snap any second and murder everyone. That's what I'm going for. I, okay. I, want, yeah. I love it. I want the audience to be like, no, don't, don't trust him. You're, there are going to be scenes where you're like, no, no, you know this person's bad. Don't talk to him. Oh, it's like you. That's how you is. It's like, oh, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm like, Jesus, what did I do? Everything. <laughs> no, Kyle, I know exactly who you're talking about. I already, I already caught that from when I saw clips of the just him. Yeah. That shit gives me so much Which anxiety. Movie? If you haven't watched Invincible, do it. It's such a good show. I need to get to it. It. I I want to read the comics more than anything. The comics are good, too. It's I, I like the show more, but I don't get a lot of time to read comics, so I'm always going to be a show or movie guy over the comics. Oh, yeah. Valid. All right. So, yes, we get a fun little scene. Well, I say fun. Of yeah. Jekyll and Hyde arguing back and forth in the mirror. We later join Utterson mm -hmm. uh, as he enters the Red Rat Bar. For yeah. our musical fans, that is the name of the bar from the Jekyll and Hyde musical. It's not in the book, but it's in the musical. It is a prominent place in the musical. And I was like, let's steal it. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get a cease and desist for it. <laughs> you probably won't. There he meets his cousin, Richard Enfield, who I have chosen to be played by. And I, I'm going to say this name horrible just looking at it. Cheetoe, Ejofor, I'm, I know I'm saying it wrong. It's Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange. Oh, he would be a good choice. I fucking loved him as Baron Mordo. He is, when DC announced that they were thinking about play, having John Constantine be played by a person of color, he was my immediate choice to play Constantine. Ooh. Um. He's one of those actors that you see in a lot. Uh, I think he was the voice of Scar in the live-action Lion King, if I remember right. If they were to ever do a... Okay, go on a tangent here. If they ever do a Brother okay. Voodoo, like Doctor Strange, I yes. think he'd be a good choice. He would be. I, I know, yes. But, um, like, Go ahead, Drew. 
I was gonna say I loved him as Baron Mortal. Like when they announced him as it, it was like I know a lot of people got uppity because you know oh Color Person's playing this character like when he's normally eh, like okay bad I'm down as long as he does a character justice I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because Baron Mordo is the perfect Doctor Strange villain because he keeps coming back. Uh, that's something I gl- I'm glad you brought up because I was about to bring it up. A lot of people are going to sit there and go, wow, you have a uh, black guy playing a white guy's cousin. How are you going to explain that? Simple. The exact same way they explained it in The Lost World with Jeff Goldblum and his daughter. I'm not. Have fun I with think. that. <laughs> I'm just going to treat it as something that's normal because it yeah. is. I mean, look at the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, the the one that we don't talk about. Um, God, There's all sorts of reasons why two different people of race can be family, and I yeah. all of them are valid. I mean, so, yeah. The two get a table at the bar, and they begin to catch up as they have not seen each other in a little while. Other talks about his name. name. Yes, please. It's Chewy Chewy Tal Four. AGL4, okay. Because I had it on Google, and I listened to it over and over to try to memorize it, and then uh, I had Gremlins in my house. Yeah, I, do that. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, and I appreciate you finding out the right pronunciation for me, but I'm going to refer to everyone as their character names. That's <laughs> totally fine. Movies, so I don't, so no, I don't embarrass fine. myself anymore. No, it works. <laughs> But um, Utterson begins talking about his new law office, and then after a little while, Richard talks about his trip to Romania. At some point, say what? I was yawning, sorry. Oh, that's okay. At some point in the conversation, um, the two start discussing the murder of a woman named uh, Nilly. Nilly, I don't have an actress for her. Or for a lot of these people who kind of appear for just one second, I'm like, okay, you can put literally anyone in that role. They're only there yeah. for a second. Mm. Bruce Campbell. Uh, <laughs> just Bruce Campbell in the old timey prostitute dress and dead in an alleyway. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Nelly has been cast as Bruce Campbell. Um uh, the two continue to talk about the recent news of the murdered woman, and they discover, by reading a newspaper, she was a waitress at the very bar they are now sitting in. Uh-huh. They also learn that the body was found uh, near a crowd gathered around a house that Richard, was, he was in the crowd uh, trying to get this walking man that had tr- just trampled a child and injured another man. Um, Utterson is surprised to discover that the house is owned by his newest client, of course, Jackal, and the trampling man being Mr. Hyde. Um, Richard brings up the fact that the butcher woman was found so close to the house of a dangerous man, but Utterson moves past it, uh, concluding there's, there's, that's probably just a coincidence. Isn't it always? Yeah. <laughs> the two spend the rest of the evening drinking. 
The next day, Jackal returns to Utterson's office and explains that there will be no court case and he no longer needs his service. Jackal went to speak to the, the family of the trampled girl and the man whose arm hide broke and made an agreement to pay for all the medical expenses and then give a little extra to help things out. Uh, he still wishes to pay Utterson for his time, but Utterson declines as the two really only had a conversation, so there's no reason to charge him. Jekyll then offers to hire Utterson as a lawyer to oversee Jekyll's will, which Utterson agrees. Uh, Jekyll asks Utterson to meet him at his house tomorrow, and so Utterson can begin listing the important items. And Utterson is concerned about running into Hyde, which Jekyll assures him won't be a problem. Utterson then asks if he can bring his cousin with him so that he feels a little bit safer. And to his surprise, Jekyll has no problem with that. Mm. They agree on a time, and then the two once again part ways. We now find ourselves in the house of Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll, who is having a panic attack. In the mirror, Hyde begins taunting him, telling him to man up and have a drink. Oh, no. Jekyll reluctantly pulls out a small bag with a strange powder inside of it and pours it into a flask marked Edward. After drinking everything in the flask, Hyde smiles as he puts on his coat and then puts the flask in the coat. In the mirror, Hyde, or Jekyll pleads with Hyde not to go out and cause trouble, but Hyde only laughs, saying he's just going out for a walk. Oh, no. We then get scenes of Hyde stalking the streets, hunting. He watches some women as they walk, going in and out of bars, constantly muttering, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> he then... He then goes into the Red Rat, bumping into Richard as they pass one another. Hyde drinks more and eventually flirts with two, two waitresses, one of them named Emma uh, Crew, who is played by one of my favorite actresses, Elizabeth Olsen. Nice. And another, another waitress named Guinevere. Emma gets a bad feeling from Hyde and leaves to go back to work, but Guinevere stays and chats, eventually leaving with him. The first act ends with the sight of Guinevere's corpse. Nice. Haunting. <laughs> All right, one second. Let me take a quick drink. Uh, if y'all y'all want to murmur about the first act in the opening real quick, go ahead. I, I need to take a drink. My throat's dry. How dare it be dry? Okay, so when he said that Hyde goes for a walk, the reason I shouted, oh no, is the first thing exactly why. Helsing abridged. Helsing abridged. <laughs> this is the first thing, like, I'm just going for a little walk. No! It's, I, I love the Helsing Abridge series, and when I was like, oh, I could do that, I decided to do it. Oh, thank God. I have no idea what <laughs> that means, but okay. 
Okay, okay. In Helsing Abridged, when Helsing goes for a walk, bad things happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We we now begin Act 2. We join Utterson and Richard as they arrive at Dr. Jekyll's house. Richard is, understandably, against the idea because Hyde could be dangerous. Utterson says that's why Richard is w there with him. That way I have someone to trip as I run, he jokes, earning a oh. middle finger from his cousin. <laughs> he knocks nope. on the door, and the door opens to a slightly older man. Uh, Mr. Hyde? Utterson asks, scared. No, my name is Mr. Poole. The man, Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean. Says. Yes! Sorry. <laughs> I love Rowan Atkinson. He's such a good actor. Everyone loves Mr. Bean. My, right? One of my favorite bits is him do, dressing up as Satan and doing the welcome to hell stand-up. It is so good. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Oh. oh my god, you need to look up Mr. Bean's Welcome to Hell on YouTube. It is worth the watch. I may have seen <laughs> clips. I don't know. I have to go back and look. Uh, Mr. Poole explains that he is Dr. Jekyll's butler and knew that the two men would be coming. Jekyll is away at work right now, but the men are welcome to take inventory for the will, and should they need anything, Mr. Poole is there to help. Utterson takes some time to start listing the major items around the house, and Richard takes a moment to look around, finding some of the powder and a photo of Jekyll with a crowd of people. He recognizes Jekyll as the man from last night, and jumps when Mr. Poole grabs him by the shoulder. Ah, yes, Mr. Poole says. When the master was in Germany, he explained, walking with Richard. He doesn't notice Richard slip the bag of powder and photo into his pocket. Poole explains that Jackal's father had spent some time over in Germany, showing him a family, uh, a large family photo. In it, it has a child, presumably Jackal, Mr. Poole, a woman played by Lauren Cohan, a.k.a. Maggie from The Walking Dead. Bella from Supernatural. And I, I feel like this next casting is going to get a good response. Um, and Jackal's father, played by Russell Crowe. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. the only good thing from the Dark Universe. Nice, nice add in there. I like Thank it. Thank you. Oh, okay. Aww. Poole talks about working with Jekyll's father for a while, and while a respectable man, he was a nasty drunk. Poole wasn't surprised at all when he came home and found that Jekyll's father had, in a drunken fit, murdered Jekyll's mother, and then fell down the stairs. Mm. Not long after this, Utterson and Richard soon leave the house, and Richard brings up seeing Jekyll at the Red Rat. That's odd. He swears he doesn't drink, Utterson says. There's an awful lot of bodies for a man, awful lot of bottles for a man that doesn't drink, Richard said, and Utterson shook his head. The two men talk, and they make a joke about, hey, 
Maybe Richard saw Hyde, and Hyde said, no, there's no way I can mix up Jekyll and Hyde. Utterson <laughs> 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 invites his cousin to a drink, but Richard declines, stating that he has an old friend in town that he wants to go visit. And the two men part way. We now see Utterson as he walks home, stopping when he finds a large crowd. A police inspector, played by Tom Bateman, a.k.a. Jekyll and Hyde from the short-lived Jekyll and Hyde TV show. I'm trying to fit as many Jekyll and Hydes as I can in there. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's fair. That's... Uh, he explains that another woman has been killed. Excuse me. Your excuse. You did something? I burped. Oh, I did not hear you. No, I didn't either, so I just said, here, Uh, He explains that another woman has been killed in the same manner as Nellie. The crowd starts asking several questions, and Utterson notices Emma standing over, trying to get a view of everything. He explains that he has seen her at the Red Rat a few times, and she acknowledges that she has seen him and his cousin the past couple of nights, and the two sit there and talk. Uh, Emma talks about how the two victims worked at the bar with her and how police won't do anything about Dr. Jackal. I hate that. This catches mm. Utterson off guard, and when he asks her about it, Emma talks about seeing Jackal quite frequently at the bar. The two continue to talk as we now move over to uh, Richardson, or Richard, as he walks into a lab looking around. He tries to stay quiet as he sneaks up to a desk before a cough makes him jump. Oh. He, looks, he, he looks over and sees a man being played by Matt Smith, a.k.a. the best doctor from Doctor Who. Yes. And he lets out a sigh of relief. Didn't see you there, Jack, Richard says, to which Jack replies, no one ever does. Oh, that's, that's sad. The two talk for a moment, and Richard explains that he is there uh, because he has found some ashes. From the leech, Jack asks, and Richard nods. I don't know if they're the same ones as Romania, but it's definitely ash, he says, taking it out. My bet, it's from Germany, and I hope you can explain more. Confused, Jack says, why would I know anything about that? To which Richard shows him the picture of Jackal in Germany, and Jack is one of the people in the crowd. Found this in Dr. Jackal's house, and I'm worried that he's been experimenting. Jack goes on to explain that while in Germany, he and Jackal were part of a group chasing a leech. She was murdering people and filling her tub with their blood in hopes of staying young forever. Ooh. For that story, be sure to listen to Lorena's vampire series. What? <laughs> Sorry. I saw it. A man named Abraham was leading the group, and they eventually took the creature down. Uh, there were some rumors that the ashes were having odd effects depending on how it's being applied, and some people in the group, such as Jackal, wanted to experiment with the ashes 
while others wanted the ashes destroyed. Abraham made it very clear that the ashes were going to be destroyed, but it seems Jekyll had snuck some of the monocane away. Mm-hmm. Very confused, Richard goes, what is monocane? And Jack explains, that's what we've started calling it because it sounds more scientific and it's a lot easier to travel than putting vampire ashes on a box. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 they make vampire blood a drug in both True Blood and the Dylan Dog movie. Oh, Dylan Dog was such a good movie. Right. <laughs> oh. ah, I lost my part. I lost my part. I lost my part. I found my part. Vampire uh, Richard. Ashes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Richard asks about the effect, and Jack shrugs, saying, "They're all. No matter how it's applied, the person always uh, has aggressive behavior, no matter what. I've heard rumors that someone in France." was sowing the ashes inside of the dead. Richard is confused by this, and after speaking more, he goes to leave. Once at the door, he stops and looks at Jack and goes, really? Sowing it in the blood, or in the dead? To which Jack replies, yes, apparently they're hoping to bring them back uh, to life. Don't be surprised if someone is sent after a Frankenstein or something like that. For all of our movie buff fans, because I love Easter eggs, uh, watch Young Frankenstein to get the Frankenstein joke. Oh, I love it. <laughs> nice. Sorry, I was yelling at a child. Have oh, that's okay. We then go back to the house of Dr. Jackal, watching as he enters the house. Poole explains that there was a visit from Utterson, and the two stand there and talk for a moment. As they talk, Jackal begins having one of his panic attacks, and once again in the mirror, Hyde begins to taunt him. Poole Poole retrieves the flask, but finds one of the bags of ashes missing, leaving Jackal only one bag left. He quickly mixes it in the drink, and Jackal drinks it. Uh-oh. We once again find Hyde hunting. You can run, but you can't hide, he mumbles, making his way out, unaware that he's being followed. Yeah. He quickly makes his way to the Red Rack, looking for easy target, where he soon hears that a waitress named Lucy Harris was getting off and decided he wanted to get right to the fun. I did not realize how sexual that sounded until I wrote that. And I mean, whoopsie. Also, also uh, welcome to episode 69. So, hey. sex joke. <laughs> oh, I never made any fish jokes, damn. That's okay. I, I feel like we're going to talk more after I'm done reading this, so there's always time for sex jokes. Yeah. Oh, Uh, Jackal follows her outside and into an alleyway where he quickly pounces and covers her mouth with one hand and begins stabbing her with a dagger with the other. Damn. Richard quickly enters the alleyway, pulling out a revolver and firing three shots. One hits Hyde in the shoulder, who lets out a laugh. Oh, 
you want to be the hero. He's he quickly, like, cutting the woman's throat, almost decapitating her before running off in the alley. Ah. Uh, what the fuck? Where'd it go? There it is. Richard tries to save the woman, yelling for cops and for a crowd to appear. Some cops, including the one from earlier, and several people come running to the aid, and Richard tells them that he is fired on the killer, but he's running. Uh, some people stay back to, sadly, unsuccessfully, help Lucy, uh, while the others run into town trying to find Mr. Hyde. Uh, following a small trail of blood being left by either his bullet wound or the really bloody knife from what he just did. <laughs> uh, we get a scene of the cops running, stopping and questioning just about any men they see, and we also get a scene of Hyde on the run. We then get a scene of Emma and another woman named... Lisa Beckenfield leaving the Red Rat. The two talk, but get separated by a crowd running from, quote-unquote, the killer. We then see Hyde sneaking around an alleyway and Emma walking quickly, trying to get home. The cops and Richard are hot on the trail of Hyde, and we, run, and we get kind of a cut back between the three different parties. Um, oh, until I love we, what's up that. Until we get to the end of Act Two, where we find the body of Lisa ripped apart, much like the other victims. Damn. That's haunting. Act Three. Kitty cat. That's not part of the act. It's just a kitty cat. That'd be funny if it was. <laughs> just a little introduction and then come back to the movie. <laughs> and now, Act Three. Yeah. Uh, act three. Utterson is reading a paper with the headline, The Ripper's Double Event, as Jackal walks in. The two talk about the will and how Dr. Jackal needs to uh, determine an heir in case anything happens. To Utterson's surprise, Jackal names Hyde. This causes an argument between the two, as Utterson is worried about Hyde's violent tendencies and starts to suggest that maybe Hyde is using Jackal. Jackal angrily announces that he can get rid of Hyde anytime he needs and that Utterson needs to have the papers ready by tomorrow. I can't do voices, but at this point, viewers were noticed that uh, during the argument, Jackal's voice switched to Hyde's when he got angry. No, I, I heard the... Uh, oh, God. You added that S to the certain part, and that felt like a Hyde thing to do. Yes. Uh, later, Richard and Emma both enter Utterson's office. Richard has no doubt that Jackal is the man that he saw, and Emma explains that the double event victims also worked at the Red Rat. The three talk, and Utterson explains that Jackal has become incredibly aggressive uh, during their meeting. Richard takes note of this, but says nothing, 
and the three decide to go confront Jekyll about his or Hyde's actions. Next, we see a young boy playing with some toys. Soon the main door opens and a man walks in and we see Russell Crowe, who is incredibly drunk. He mumbles to his son about picking up his fucking toys as he walks past, heading upstairs as he drinks from his flask. In almost no time, we hear the sound of a woman yelling and the sound of fighting. We hear the woman beg for the man to stop, constantly screaming, stop it, Edward, as we hear Russell Crowe constantly say, you can run, but you can't hide, over and over. Up until the point to where the only thing the boys can hear, the boy can hear is Edward and Hyde. Soon there's silence and we see that Russell Crowe is at the top of the stairs. He yells at young Jekyll, telling him to come see mommy. He keeps yelling and takes the steps towards the stairs, but trips on a toy and falls. No. We hear the sounds of bones breaking as Russell Crowe falls to the bottoms of the steps. Uh -huh. and, then, and then we see Jackal uh, slowly approaching him while Edward, while Edward, a.k.a. Russell Crowe, is trying to catch his breath. Jackal has a knife in his hand, and in a soft little childish voice, he goes, You can't hide, he says taking the knife and aiming it towards his father. Ooh. We now see an adult jackal in the middle of a panic attack looking at Mr. Poole, who has just been stabbed. Jackal starts yelling at Hyde in the mirror, and Hyde yells about how Poole lost the monocane. The two personalities fight back and forth as Poole starts making his way to the door, thankful for a distraction. But it doesn't last as Hyde grabs Poole by the shoulders and throws him back into the living room. He then pushes a heavy dresser onto Poole before going outside to find the monocane. Uh, Utterson and the crew make it to Jackal's house and finds the living room destroyed. They hear a weakly breathing Poole and go to help him. As they do, Poole explains that Jekyll has had a condition after seeing what his father did. How the man would constantly beat his wife after going to the Red Rat, and how Poole uh, decided to cover up Jekyll's first murder because his father, Edward, had it coming. Everything was fine until Jekyll returned from a trip to Germany, and he started mixing this strange powder in his drinks. He, as he lays there dying, he hopes that uh, Jackal would soon uh, start relapsing into his normal self with the powder being gone, uh, knowing that Richard had stolen it earlier when they met. But he didn't tell Hyde who took the powder. He now worries that Hyde will go on a killing spree until he finds more monocane, and Poole pleads for forgiveness for not helping Jackal. Uh, when he was a child, as he lays there dying. Utterson, Richard, and Emma go on the hunt for Hyde, uh, deciding to use the monocane that Richard has as bait. It doesn't take long for them to find Hyde in the Red Rat, 
attacking patrons and searching their pockets. Richard and Hyde, or Richard tells Hyde that he has the monocane and runs to the upstairs area of the bar. Uh, Hyde follows quickly by Utterson. Emma goes around the downstairs, uh, ushering people out and locking the doors, trying to keep as many civilians as she can safe. We now get a cat and mouse style scene of Hyde hunting down Richard and Utterson. Richard, who unlike most uh, people in horror movies, has his gun on him and shoots Hyde multiple times. But it appears not to have any kind of effect on Hyde. Uh, this leads to a slasher style chase. And towards the end, we get Hyde uh, with his hands wrapped around Richard's throat at, near the stairs. Um, and Utterson announces that he has the ashes, holding up a small bag. Hyde ta taunts Utterson, threatening to kill Richard if he doesn't get the monocane. And Utterson agrees, throwing the ashes over Hyde, which causes him to reach out, and Richard pushes him down the stairs. Much like his father before him, Hyde falls, the sounds of bones breaking as he makes it to the bottom steps. We now see Emma approaching with a knife, but after some convincing, she doesn't kill Hyde and unlocks the door, allowing the police to come inside. Ending. After a few days have passed, we see Utterson at a train station with Richard. Emma comes to join them, and the three have a conversation as they wait for Richard's train. It is revealed that Emma is going to start receiving payments from Dr. Jackal to make up for all the trouble he has caused her. The three sit there and have a conversation as we leave from the train station and go to a place marked Arkham Asylum, where we see Dr. Jackal sitting in his cell, staring directly at his cellmate. His cellmate, of course, being, a, being Mr. Hyde, with a giant grin on his face. We get an in credit scene, or we get in credits with Ice Nine Kills, Me, Myself, and I, Hyde starts playing. Sorry. After the credits, because most movies need to have a sequel bait scene, we now see an older man walking up some stairs and knocking on a door. Mr. Griffin, we need to discuss your rent. Do you have a moment? He asked, waiting. There's no response, so he uses his keys to unlock the door, letting himself in. Mr. Griffin, please, I'm sure we can come to some sort of agreement. He then stops, finding the room completely empty. He looks around before walking over to a nearby desk. Uh, and on the desk, we see a journal and a box that has some of the powder, a.k.a. ashes, inside of it. The man looks at the box, very confused, before he hears some footsteps behind him. Jack, is that you? He asked, turning around. A large knife goes into the throat of the man, killing him. As blood starts pouring on the floor around him, we see bloody footprints begin to walk away from the body. 
The last thing we hear is the sound of Jack Griffin, a.k.a. the Invisible Man, chuckling about how they never see him coming. The end. I love it. That's cool. <laughs> so, here's what I was thinking when I was writing this. I know we said standalone movies, but these days, every movie needs to have some kind of, like, sequel hook in it. Yeah. You, you see that in everything now. I mean, so I did I that. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted a movie that was kind of like the first Iron Man. It works as a standalone, but with the conversations between Jack and Richard, uh, and of course the mid credit scene, there's more into this world to build up. Yeah. So there's always... Because I would love to cover Invisible Man at some point. However, Invisible Man wasn't my first choice for this. Uh, some behind the scenes uh, for the longest time, and I'll tell you the actor I had for this one in my head, uh, Jack was instead going to be Victor Frankenstein. And there was going to be a buildup to uh, Frankenstein for my next movie. And I had Killian Murphy as Frankenstein Sorry. in my head. I love him. Uh, yeah. Uh, for our listeners, he is the guy from, uh, he plays Scarecrow in the three Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And he is Peaky. a very- Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. He is a very fantastic actor. And I think he would rock as Victor Frankenstein. Oh my gosh. His eyes and his voice. Yep. However, as I was, for some reason, building my own little dark universe in my head, I had something else come in mind that if we decide to do another movie pitch idea, I'm going to use for it, uh, that will introduce my Frankenstein in that. That movie will not be my Frankenstein, but I don't want to tell y'all what it is because I think it would be a fun surprise. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, that is my take on Jekyll and Hyde. I wanted a kind of psychological slasher movie with, I want it, I want it to be rated R, but I don't want it to be the over-the-top gore fest rated R. Yeah. I want something that scares people and stays with people for a while. And I wanted to throw an Ice Nine Kill song in there because, hell yeah. <laughs> Why oh, the hell uh, not? I, I forgot to. I, I can close these notes. I don't need them anymore. I forgot to mention uh, my cameo for my movie, and Drew will need your cameo here in a second. I want to be the guy killed by Jack Griffin. <laughs> Just I get like, I get two lines in the movie, and then I get killed by an invisible Matt Smith. I love I, that idea. I forgot about my cameo. Um. <laughs> Ooh, I would need. I know. I think it's. I want to be. I think it's a member of the crew, not a main character. Just like someone on. You want to be the cabin boy? No. Oh like, my. The, the crew, like the doctor's crew, like. Oh. Ass assistant to the doctor. Okay. Yeah, assistant to uh to Sam Whitworth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone that's going to be there, but you get killed off quickly. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, for, from what I'm hearing right now, Lorna's the only one who survives her, her cameo, and that one's still up in the air. No, well, I don't no. survive my cameo. Because okay, I, I couldn't remember if we set in stone that Tom kills you or not. Yeah, no. Oh, Dracula kills Redfield. Okay. I haven't watched that one in so long. But, uh, do y'all have any questions for me on this one? No. Really. Uh, you actually went into a lot of really great detail. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. I, this also made me realize I, I'm good at writing characters and uh, scenes, but I'm not good at writing dialogue. I got you on that one. But, but I, I had a lot of fun writing this. I, I was really excited when I came up with the idea. I was so happy when the two of you were like, yes, let's do that. That sounds amazing. Uh, when I pitched oh, it, yeah. and I I hope at some point we do another one, just because I think the three of us, like our rule would have to be if we do another one, we can't do the same creatures we did, and we can't do a movie that someone else did. So, like I couldn't do my own version of Dracula or anything like that. Um, we'd have to go and pick different monsters that haven't been pitched yet. Bet. All righty. Well, we've been going for like two hours. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a big episode. But it was episode yeah. sixty-nine. I regret nothing. Also, because it's episode sixty-nine. Does Does anyone have a sex joke they want to tell? Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know any sex jokes. I am a good virgin boy. That's a joke in itself. Uh, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> I am nothing but a sweet little angel. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, let me think. I know I've got some. Huh. Oh, what comes after 69? What? Mouthwash. Oh my god. Um, that is such a dad joke. I need to tell my dad that one later. I can see it. Out of it. What, Drew? Oh, you did hear me. Okay, what was the joke? I missed it. What comes after 69? Mouthwash? Mouthwash, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what that was. Ugh. That's a good one. Well, uh, Drew, what's have... the difference? Wait, wait, wait. What's the difference between a tire and 365 used condoms? What? <laughs> what's the difference between a tire and 365 used condoms? <laughs> what? One, I'm asking what for the answer. One is a good year. The other is a great year. Oh, God, Jesus. Okay. All right. 
full, full transparency. I thought she was going to say, I don't have a tire in my garage. Why would I have so? Why would I have all? That's the fucking Sorry, question, I, like, isn't I just it? totally looked so up. Yeah, I don't have a garage either. Oh, thank so, you. Uh, <laughs> um, what do tofu and a dildo have in common? What? They're both meat substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love that one. <laughs> Drew, do you have one? I mean, this has been my favorite joke, and I've already said it before, Kyle. You, you, you heard it last time. Okay. What concert costs 45 cents? How is this a sex joke? Exactly, it's not. Lorna, do you have another sex joke, please? I don't have any. <laughs> what, did it, what do you get if you cross an owl and a rooster? What? Talk that stays up all. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot there, there, I had those. There was one I knew like <laughs> years ago, but I don't remember the I don't remember how it goes, so I can't really say it. Oh. All right. Well, listeners, I do hope you enjoyed episode 69. Um, I hope you found oh, no, it I really sure did. sexy. Hey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hey, Drew, does your mom still listen to this show? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, think, I don't think my family listens to it at all, except for maybe Devin. Shout out to Devin for being the best little brother, for supporting us. Oh. All right, well then, do we have any announcements? Uh, oh, I have the next episode. Don't have the next episode. Yes, you do. Okay, so my next episode will be Vampires Throughout the World. We will be exploring Ooh. all sorts of and, and they will be stemming from all... we're not just going to vampires. We'll go over a few from Lord, all the different Lord places. Lord, and you cut out a lot on that one. You cut out a lot. Oh, no. No. Okay. Go away. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Good. <laughs> I said <laughs> I will be going over all corners of the vampire, all corners of the earth concerning vampires. We are not going to Stay, stay, stay with just Eurocentric vampires. I will also be uh, explaining my absolute favorite all-time legend, and then once I go over, I will have you guys pick from the ones that I talk about to see which one is your favorite and why. Yay! So, 
It's like That's having homework, know. but only in class. Class work. Right. That's what they usually call it. Busy work. Not busy work, because it's fun. It is fun. Busy work Probably is busy working. Busy. Oh. Well, no, busy work is made to make you is is done to keep you busy and shut up in class. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to have an interactive my... class. Yeah, yeah. Yay. I was always the quiet one in class, anyways. All right. Um, And then for tangents, we are moving tangents to next week because uh, we had some scheduling issues for this week for recording. And so we found it easier to do uh, crypto tonight and then tangents next week. So, yay. So next week we next week we will have Lorna's vampire episode and then part two of the hero debate where we find out who wins and which three co-hosts are gonna get WWE style smacked across the chest. Seeing how I only have one hero left in the tournament, I have a feeling I'm gonna get smacked. Yeah, again. I have I have um advisement against that let's not do it at the concert yeah okay just so there's no chance of people getting thrown out for violence oh fair we can do it before or after the concert okay all right well then i think that's everything i do believe All right, Lorna, do your thing. Until next time, stay out of the shadows. Enjoy the remakes. Did y'all ever read the sequel to Frankenstein? No. No, I'm afraid this is going. It was a story about how Victor Frankenstein entered a bodybuilding competition and was very confused.